Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Juror Number One. Last week's episode is another one of those that uh, it makes me want to keep track of where I am at all times, even though I'm a good person and don't do don't break the law at all, except for speeding, maybe. But some of these people find themselves being questioned for stuff they didn't commit, and over time, you wouldn't think that you would do it, but there's a lot of people that confess to crimes they didn't commit, which you're saying this now, there's no way that I would ever do it, but it's a crazy number of people that have done this. So, how about another crazy case this week? This one is extremely tragic, and it has me scratching my head still to this day. So, let's get started, what do you say? This is a death in Cameron County. So this story starts off in February of 2007. Paramedics were called to the house of Melissa Lucio. Maybe you've heard this name before. If not, we'll get into it. So what had happened was the paramedics came because the, her two-year-old daughter, Maria, wasn't breathing and unresponsive. The paramedics noticed that she had bruising on her. She had bite marks on her back. Some of her hair had maybe been pulled out and she had a broken arm. Well, they took her to the hospital and she was pronounced dead at two years old. So they, they question Melissa, the mother. They're like, what, what happened here? What, what, what did you do or did somebody do to your daughter? And she explained that she had some developmental problems which made it tough for her to really stand up so she fell down a lot so this could explain what happened and she said two days ago she was at the top of the stairs and she fell down the stairs but she got up and she thought everything was fine so she didn't take her to the hospital well that wasn't enough for the investigating officers they thought so they took her into an interrogation room. That's when they started really looking into Melissa. See, Melissa had kind of a checkered past. Um, about three years ago, she was being investigated for child neglect. Um, one of her younger children had been reported because she was leaving, the, leaving her with just the teenage kids to watch her. And also, Maria, who had just passed away, when she gave birth to Maria, she tested positive for cocaine, so Maria was taken away at birth. So, just reading this little bit, maybe they did have right to question her. Obviously, they should. So, they take... Melissa into the interrogation room 
without a lawyer. But if she doesn't ask for one, I guess uh, maybe she didn't really know the legal system, like a lot of people don't. So they put her in this room for over seven hours and just hammer her with questions. They didn't give her any food or water, obviously no lawyer. And over and over again, they told her that she killed her daughter. Over and over. They said that over a hundred times she said that she didn't do it. But they kept saying it over and over. We know that you're a killer. And that's fine. And they try to coax her. They say... We know that you're a killer, but guess what? You're just a frustrated mother, and you took it out on her. What? Another thing about Melissa is she's had, she's currently pregnant, and she there would be a total of 14 children that she's had. 14. So they're using this against her, too. They're saying, we get it. You're a mother, you have a lot of children, and sometimes kids can be frustrating, can't they? Over and over and over for hours and hours and hours. And at some point, maybe she felt like she just needed this to end. So finally, when the detectives are saying, we already know that you did it. We know this for sure that you killed your daughter. Just tell us. And finally, Melissa says, you know what? I guess I did it. She confesses to abusing her daughter until she died. Even though over a hundred times she told them that she fell down the stairs a couple of days ago. She has this condition where she falls down a lot. That would explain all this bruising. They questioned Melissa's other son. And he said, I saw my sister fall down the stairs two days ago. He saw it happen. Corroborating Melissa's story that that's what happened to Maria. But they're going to take their conviction no matter how they can get it. So they charged Melissa with the murder of her daughter. And then it goes to trial. And at the trial, they stack on more evidence. The prosecution brings in some experts. One of them, this medical examiner, he said that the bruises on Mariah's body could have only been caused by abuse. Well... The defense also had a pathologist come in and looked at it and said that, how, how can you tell that it's only from abuse? You can't. So, they also saw that there were signs of a, a blood coagulation disorder, which we know that she had. And that causes, you know, bruising throughout the body. So, they bring in another expert and they say that her broken arm had to come from abuse. Which, as a juror, you would think, wow, this guy's saying that it 
definitely came from abuse. But the defense brings in their expert. They say there is no possible way that this is, you could tell that this was intentional. It's a very common injury among little kids her age that can actually result from just falling from standing height. So, I would think as a juror that it really doesn't prove anything. I mean, everything was discredited by each other. So, it all comes back to that confession. When the jury has played her confession, obviously not the full confession because it has her saying a hundred times that she fell down the stairs and she didn't do it. But that wasn't shown to the jury. It was just her saying that I'm responsible for her death. So, the jury decides. Well, what would you think? It would be tough, I guess, if I was a juror on this case. I, I don't know. You have her history of... You know, she was arrested for cocaine after this daughter was born. She'd been talked to by the CPS multiple times. I don't know, it'd be very tough. What the jury did decide, though, was that Melissa was guilty in murdering her daughter. And not only that, she's in Texas. And she is the first woman of Hispanic descent to be sentenced to death. They gave her the death penalty in this case. So she is sent to death row. But that is not where her story ends. This goes on for a while. I mean, this was in 2007. And years and years go by. And they're trying to get her a new trial because of this forced confession. There was also something that the jury didn't get to hear about. Ever since she was a little girl, starting at the age of six, she's been sexually abused. Her whole childhood, basically, she was sexually abused by her mother's boyfriend and then all the way up until she turned 16, she became a child bride to just escape this abuse. And once she was married, obviously she kept having kids and kids and just developed this. This is a psychologist saying this, that she has extremely high abnormal levels of vulnerability towards men which obviously you can see. Her first memories were her mother's boyfriend molesting her and abusing her. And she only saw a way out by getting married at 16. So when she's in an interrogation room and two men are telling her that you did this, you did this for seven straight hours, it just went to her natural subconscious to be like, well, I have to obey these men. So she said yes. But none of that was allowed in the first trial. Also, 
The defense also proved there was no evidence that she's abused any of her children. All 12 of her children said that she had never been violent to them. The caseworkers that had worked with all of her children all said that she had never been abusive to them. They said that she struggled at times, which, you know, everybody struggles. And she struggled at times. I mean, she had a rough life. Like I said, abused since she was a tiny child. And still, even though she had her ups and downs, she was known as a caring mother and did her best through these incredibly difficult circumstances. But that didn't come through in the trial as well. So, it goes on, and they keep fighting, and they keep fighting. And guess what else happens? During this time, that district attorney that basically got this conviction by any means necessary, it just so happens that during the time of this trial, he was up for re-election and was going to make an example out of this case that he was tough on crime, especially with kids. Well, guess what happened to him? Oh, he was tough on crime, all right, but not with himself. He's actually serving a 13-year federal prison sentence for bribery and extortion. That is the person who tried this case. But also, they went back and talked to some people who were jurors on this trial. And some of them said if they would have heard the evidence about her early sexual abuse, then they probably would have found her innocent. Still, earlier this year, she was scheduled for execution on April 27th of 2022. It went up until the wire. and I mean, there was over 100 bipartisan people that wanted to grant her clemency of this case. Finally, two days before she was supposed to die, they granted her a stay of execution. So, as this podcast is airing right now, Melissa is still on death row, scheduled to be executed. So, there's a lot of information out there about Melissa Lucio. So do some research if you'd like. I mean, it's a pretty crazy. I do think that she's innocent. I do think that we could possibly execute an innocent woman. If you want to help, you can call Governor Abbott's office, the Board of Pardons and Paroles, add your name to the Stop the Execution. I, she just really needs a voice, and she needs a new trial. So anything you can do to possibly help this poor woman. And that's this week. Crazy again, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Really hurts my heart to think about people that she's been sitting on death row. I mean, she was two days away from being executed from a crime that she most likely didn't commit. So we'll keep doing these episodes, hopefully shining some light on some of these things. So 
Again, thank you for listening. Make sure you're sharing and letting your friends know that you're enjoying this podcast. And do me a giant favor and have just a wonderful week, would you? Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Farewell.